A Jeep's much better than a woman. I'll tell you why I'm right. A Jeep will not get mad if I stay out and wheel all night. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Sitting here monkeying with stuff when I'm... I should be getting ready to, <laughs> to do the intro. I'm not even in the right place on the show notes. Uh, let's start over. No, we're not starting over. Hey, it doesn't matter if you've got a Jeep, want a Jeep, or never do anything but Jeeps. This show's for you. Josh, Tammy, Wendy, and myself are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about gladiators. That's a Jeep, right? Uh, sure. That's what we'll definitely be talking about some of that later on. Hey, I'm Josh, and on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, I ask a tough question about the future of Jeep. And I'm also going to give you a detailed look at this year's Easter Jeep Safari concept vehicles from Jeep. And I've got a little electrical gremlin story in Tech Talk. And later, I will ask about the future of you and your Jeep. Now, we're getting deep on this one. Hey, man, you're, you're pissing me off. I'm just getting a new Jeep. I want there to be a future for Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tony, and I'll bring you more information about ordering a Jeep Gladiator. Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Well, the question is, will Jeep be going all electric? That is definitely a scary question. Can you imagine not a gas-powered Jeep in the lineup? Well, what is going to happen? What is the future? We don't know. Let's take a peek. Jeep is expected to be a key part of growth and electrification plans for, and I think largely because of, Stellantis. Stellantis is Jeep's new parent company formed earlier this year through the merger slash takeover of Fiat Chrysler and or by French automaker group PSA. Now, every new Jeep from 2022 forward is pretty much expected to offer at least some form of electrification. That's right. Every last one released. Now, this would include, but is not limited to all electric vehicles, as well as hybrids that combine EV components with traditional engines. Oh, thank goodness. Now, Jeep's plans to electrify its entire lineup will, of course, not happen overnight. Oh, no. This is going to be like that an old analogy of the frog in the pot of water. Doesn't know it's cooked until it's too late and the water's already boiling. Yeah, that's us. Now, it's already started this year with the new 4XE version of the Wrangler. I'm not going to say 4XE. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows what's in store for the Wrangler in the years to come. But all I know is uh, all electric. Well, I don't know. I don't think we're ready for that yet. So Tony, would you would you take a spin uh, down the trail in in an all electric Wrangler? Would does does the oh, idea yeah. uh, you know the idea of an all electric you know off road go kart kind of sounds pretty cool uh, on the surface at least. Now what we see with the 4XE, the the recently released uh, electric hybrid Wrangler, that we get a whopping twenty or twenty five miles of of electrification. I think it is, or is it twenty five minutes? I. I don't know. It's 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 kind of uh kind of up in the air as far as uh you know exactly how capable it is, but it's supposed to be pretty decent off road. I don't know. Well, I mean, how long is the Rubicon? It's uh it's less than twenty five miles, right? So you could do the whole Rubicon uh, on the on that one electric charge. But can you? Because it takes you three days or more to do it. Can you? Know, I'm, I'm just saying. You know, okay, it can do 25 miles, but can it do that over the course of three or four days without a recharge, as it were? I, yeah, these are kind of the kind of questions that really 
determine whether or not a Wrangler is a viable vehicle to electrify, considering its off-road heritage and the primary use for a Wrangler. I'm sorry. Well, you know, I, I, I know I sound like a broken record, but I've said it before and I'll say it again. Uh, electric vehicles are the future, and you're going to be very happy with the the torque and all the all that wonderful stuff, the instant torque that you get with an electric vehicle. But we don't have a power supply to run them yet. We don't have enough electricity in the batteries or whatever we're eventually going to have uh, that we need to get you know 300 400 mile range. Uh, not 25 miles. <laughs> so, yeah, well, and, and, and in a big other- vehicle too. I mean, not some some little hyper uh, airflow uh, engineered thing where you know you hyper miler where you got to follow 18 wheelers yeah. to get the mileage. I mean, <laughs> serious 300 400 mile range from a, a big gnarly tank from a brick. Yeah, four wheels. Yes. <laughs> the way God intended the Jeep to be, shaped like no a dark. brick. No top. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. No doors, no nothing. You know, all these little eddies where the air is slowing you down says, screw it. <laughs> I don't care. I want to go 200 miles an hour on this electric for, you know, 400 miles. So I guess that's only a two hour range at that speed. You know, at this point in the time of, of electrified Wranglers, we're at the point of where you pretty much have to have a trailer in order to take this thing, oh, you yeah. know, because you're not driving to the trail. I mean, I'm, no. you know, just at least with. The, the kind of capacities and reserves that we have now for an all-electric Wrangler, that is. You're not going to be able to drive it there, wheel all day, drive it back without charging it up at least once or twice. So, I just, I don't know. But there is uh, at least some hope for the future in as far as ca- capabilities and longevity goes. Well, we have to start uh, somewhere, right? I mean, and it's good that they're trying. I just don't see this as being a, a huge seller. This is probably no. uh, pr- probably going into the thing about with the uh, the EPA and you know and the the gas mileage and offsetting the money they have to spend uh, to the FCA or whoever they not FCA the uh, the uh, EPA. EPA about uh, you know that the, the they have to if they're not if their vehicles don't have a certain amount of mileage they got to pay a fine or something every year. Um, well, that's that's one uh, one business, or I'm sorry, one government agency. I wish uh, uh, the former president had done away with. Frankly, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, uh, one thing that we don't want to do away with is to eat the Easter Jeep Safari. Now, in 2020, it was trying. You know, much all but canceled. <laughs> no, I know the cancel culture is <laughs> coming into the Jeep world. I guess now, uh, but the 2021 Easter Jeep Safari is at least halfway on. <laughs> so, uh, and, and for this year, Jeep is, I asked the question, will Jeep be showing up with concept vehicles this year? The answer is yes, they most certainly are. And Jeep has just recently unveiled its Easter Jeep Safari lineup of custom-built concept vehicles designed specifically for the trails in Moab and, of course, to make us Jeepers go nuts. Now, the Easter Jeep Safari is, well, now and always has been hosted by the Moab's uh, Red Rock Four-Wheelers Four-Wheel Drive Club. The event consists of trail rides, mostly day-long trips, for those interested, uh, departing from Moab, Utah. From 2021, it starts uh, it, it starts March 27th, just two days from the recording of this episode, actually, and goes until April 4th. Now, Jeep enthusiasts from all over the nation will gather in Moab for a week of world-class off-roading. The Easter Jeep Safari has long been Jeep's testing ground for both their newest Jeep 4x4s and for showcasing new Jeep brand concepts, Jeep performance parts, and sometimes some unique ideas come to life that end up truly resonating with us Jeepers. This year, seven Jeep brand concept vehicles will be there. The concepts feature production and even prototype Jeep performance parts from Mopar. All are equipped, this year at least, with a wide variety of powertrains, actually. 
Uh, first up is going to be the first production-based fully electric battery-powered vehicle ever made by Jeep. And no, the Power Wheels one doesn't count, you jack wagon. Jeez. <laughs> The Jeep Magneto, uh, Jeep, the Jeep Wrangler Magneto concept is a fully capable battery electric vehicle that is quiet and very quick and claims to have serious rock climbing, climbing capabilities. Yeah, it offers efficiency and performance both on and off-road while being environmentally friendly. I'm, I'm sure Jeep would just love to have me as a spokesperson, right? <laughs> uh, yes, uh, we're going to need you to stop doing that voice. And what voice would that be, I wonder? <clears throat> Anyways. Uh, yeah, based on a two-door 2020 Jeep Wrangler Rubicon, the vehicle uses a custom-built flux electric motor that operates up to 6,000 RPM, giving it its jackrabbit-like starting capabilities. It offers a six-speed manual transmission to go along with that and is powered by four battery packs of lithium-ion batteries with a combined power of 70 kilowatt-hours running in a 800-volt system. Now, Jeep isn't telling us exactly what that means for off-road time or mileage even. Jeep is saying, however, that this motor and battery configuration is comparable, at least, to the 3.6-liter Pentastar V6. The e-motor can deliver up to 273 foot-pounds of torque and 285 uh, horsepower, and it runs from 0 to 60 miles per hour in 6.8 seconds. Yeah. Not too shabby, right? The exterior features a bright white base color with that famous Jeep Surf Blue for all the accents. Now, coming up next, we've got the Jeepster Beach. This year's Resto Mod vehicle is a throwback to the second-generation Jeepster. The Jeepster Commando was the first compact four-wheel drive vehicle with an automatic transmission ever to hit the market. The Jeepster Beach concept started as a 1968 Jeepster Commando in all its glory, but then it was miraculously blended with the guts of a 2020 Jeep Wrangler Rubicon. Now, that's the kind of gene splicing that I can get into. Now, the body was, of course, heavily modified, and the exterior got the full chrome treatment, trim treatment, that is, on top of a brightly colored two-tone paint scheme of hazy IPA and zinc oxide. Great. Now I want a beer. Now, I was hoping this was going to boast a big, fat V8 and a huge sound system, but instead, we see not so much as far as uh, the infotainment goes, but an, and also an eco-friendly 2-liter turbocharged 4-cylinder engine mated to an 8-speed automatic transmission. Bland, right? Now, now Jeeps claims that this isn't any regular 4-banger, though. This Jeep has a completely custom, one-of-a-kind concept calibration that increases the engine output about 25% above the production version to a whopping 340 horsepower and 369 feet-pound of torque. <laughs> okay, who's laughing at the little engine that could now, huh? <laughs> now, here's the one I see Tony driving all the way to Utah just to see in person. It's the Jeep Red Bear, spelled B-A-R-E. <laughs> Now, the Jeep Red Bear Rubicon Gladiator concept is an off-road-inspired truck with a soft top and half doors. Powering the concept is the turbocharged 3-liter eco-diesel V6 engine. With its rating of just 260 horsepower, you would think it would be a gutless wonder. But actually, it has 442 pound-feet of torque to deliver that power instantaneously with. And to take all that powerful torque, it connects to a Torque Flight 8HP758 8-speed automatic transmission, specifically calibrated, though, for low RPM shifts. The vehicle offers Tony's favorite color, a vibrant firecracker red exterior with custom matte black graphics and tasteful gold accents. Next up, we've got the Jeep Orange Peels, spelled with a Z. That's right. <laughs> it's uh, based on a two-door Wrangler JL and pays tribute to Jeep's open-air vehicles. Designers removed the side and rear windows and, and, and instead installed the half doors and a custom removable one-piece Freedom Top glass sunroof. The vehicle features two-inch lift kit with Fox shocks, a 
satin black 360 degree custom belt line graphic and satin black vintage Jeep fender badges. It's powered by the 3.6 liter Pentastar V6 with 285 horsepower and 260 pounds of torque with a torque flight 8-speed automatic transmission. Now we have uh, the Jeep Far Out coming up next. The Jeep Far Out is designed for off-road exploration and uses the 2021 Jeep Gladiator's class-leading payload and fuel-efficient long-range capability 3-liter eco-diesel V6 engine. The vehicle also offers the AT Overland-equipped Habitat truck topper, a 16-foot-long and 7.5-foot-tall recreational residence that opens up and retracts in seconds. Oh, and it can sleep up to four people comfortably. Yeah, that's pretty cool. The interior of the vehicle includes tasteful wood lining and a fully functional refrigerator and stove. It also has a hanging storage, a set of hanging storage racks, built-in seats, and a decent amount of table space. The exterior features a uh, new pearl body color and with a chartreuse accents on the hood, tow hooks, springs, badging, and the shocks. Oh, it's kind of a show vehicle, actually. Now, the Jeep Wrangler Rubicon 392 is going to be there as well. Uh, and we've talked about the 392 uh, here on the show more than a couple times. And it's making its way to production pretty much as we speak. But did you know that it was first conceived as a V8-powered Wrangler Rubicon concept at Easter Jeep Safari? That's right. It has a 6.4-liter V8 engine generating 485 horsepower and 475 foot-pounds of torque. True grunt. The exterior is granite crystal with bronze accentuated tow hooks, badging, springs, and shocks. Those ready to drop 80 grand on one of these can now see for the first time in person just what their money is actually getting them. And last but not least, the Jeep Top Dog. The Jeep Top Dog is based on a 2020 Jeep Gladiator and is designed for mountain bikers, actually, specifically. This is the exact same Jeep that we actually talked about in episode 462. Painted canine blue, the concept has a custom PCOR flatbed storage system instead of the regular truck bed. And in case you don't remember, this is the one with the electric hot dog roller grill in the back. Oh, I remember that. Bad when you mentioned the food, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty cool lineup this year, uh, all in all. Now, I was a little disappointed not to see, you know, as cool of a retro mod um, as in years past. Uh, 2018, I think they had uh, the, the Wagoneer concept in, in 2019. Um, they had that, uh, it was like a J10 revival with a very Kaiser front end on it. Uh, there's, there's really been some really cool ones over the years. Now, I'm a Jeepster fan myself. I like Jeepsters. I actually have a friend who's in the midst of building one, uh, doing a bit of a resto mod himself with an LS swap on his. Uh, so, you know, V8 power, I think that's where kind of my desire to see a V8 in, in this one uh, came from. But, uh, but no, uh, Jeep's got a little bit different uh, theme going on with this. And, and I don't know, it seems a little bit safe. Uh, for me, it's not like that, like, holy cow, one of a kind. You're never going to see this kind of thing anywhere else like they did with that cab forward design a number yeah, of years back. Yeah, the forward cab. Yeah, that, well, that I, was, I, I love that thing. never anything like that again. So, you know, I, I was hoping for that caliber of lineup after everything that's gone on over the last year and, and you know, Easter Jeep Safari being, you know, neutered essentially over the last couple of years. Uh, I figured Jeep was going to go all out. Maybe not. Maybe they're playing it safe because they didn't know exactly what kind of a turnout or That's even what I'm if thinking. the show was going to happen yeah. or the event was going to happen. So, 
So yeah, I, I think that uh, plays a little bit of part. I, I, what do you think it, about this lineup, Tony? I think that if uh, I think that if everything goes like it seems to be going, twenty twenty two Easter Jeep Safari, you may see some pretty radical stuff like what yeah. you're what you're mentioning because it, it just really wasn't safe to put a lot of time and effort into it for this year. Uh, so it's kind of cool that uh, that they did what they did. I'll mention uh, Chris over at Patterson Media is a, uh, a, a huge Commander lover and. Uh, uh, I'm sure he uh, is going to enjoy seeing the, this uh, Jeepster uh, Beach uh, Commander that's uh, listed here that you were talking about. Uh, I, you know, I, I it's a Jeep. I like it, but it's kind of uh, and it's certainly more Jeepy than the FCA or Stellantis Jeeps that we, uh, hmm. you know, uh, harp on a lot here on the show. Yeah. Uh, but it's not the it's not really the the design that I really care for. Uh, it, it it's nice. It has a nostal- nostalgic feel to it. Uh, sure. Yeah, which makes sense. But yeah, that Ford cab uh, design that uh, Jeep came out with, uh, concept vehicle that Jeep came out with, maybe five years ago, maybe longer. That was just a cool vehicle. That yeah, was. I mean, that was- doesn't look anything like a Jeep, but it, it's got seven slots, so you know, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this is really exciting. If you've got a news tip or response to any one of our stories, we want to hear what you have to say. You can do it by uh, by phone or by email, and all you got to do is head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how to reach out. And I'll just mention, uh, you remember uh, Gina, and I always butcher her name, uh, Ferdardo, or it's F-E-R-W-E-R-D-A. For, for, help me there, Josh. For, for word, for, it's the kind Dang it. Oh, good. It's not just me. It's contagious, you bad bastard. Anyway, so so if you go over to nomnews.com, you can see all of uh, Gina's wonderful food that she prepares. I hate following her on uh, on Instagram. It seems like she always has this. She's going to gain 40 pounds. Wonderful. Yeah, I mean, my my screen is thinner from licking the 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 screen of my phone trying to get to that food that she posts up. Piss your doctor off. What the hell's happened with your cholesterol? Holy, (laughs) just this beautiful food. Anyway, she's out there at Easter Jeep Safari right now. So if you're out at the Easter Jeep Safari, uh, look for a uh, uh, a motorhome that I think it has a a diesel cab uh, in the front of this thing. It's huge, and of course they'll be out there in their uh, their white uh, four door JK JKU. Alrighty then, so... You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. You know, we've got something for everybody over the 4x4 Radio Network, you know, and uh, if you haven't been there in a while, maybe you haven't told your friends about it, now come on, and last last time you were on the trail, let's be honest, you saw some of those other wheelers out there they they get they drive those other vehicles out there not not necessarily a jeep Poor well we got something for them too i know it's not their fault we have the on the trail <laughs> podcast we have trail chasers the center steer podcast the four by four podcast we're there as well lots of great off-road shows it's all for free too all you got to do is go to 4x4 radionetwork.com we'll see you there and i'll just mention uh the on the trail podcast was actually mentioned in our uh, that uh, f- uh, that post that uh, that uh, somebody sent us, uh, what was it, uh, blog blogspot or something that uh, the top ten Jeep podcast to listen to in twenty twenty one. Yeah, a couple there from the four by four radio network. So that's pretty cool. So the on the trail podcast is on there. You you got to check it out. It's uh, it's one of my favorites. Hey, coming up in tech talk, the importance of grounds and continuity. Also important in movies. Have you noticed continuity in movies? It just really pisses you off. When it's uh, uh, incontinent? Is that, is that how that works? No, that's something else. Really different. <laughs>
A Jeep's much better than a woman. I'll tell you why I'm right. A Jeep will not get mad if I stay out and wheel all night. A Jeep will go down easy. A Jeep is always wet. Do I want a wife? No thanks. Another Jeep? You bet. A Jeep won't fake a headache. A Jeep won't tell me stop. A Jeep will not get angry when I take off its top. A Jeep will <laughs> won't call me selfish. A Jeep will... Uh, well, no, you, you had it. You were going. It was oh, right there. It we was could, so good. No pun intended. We could taste it. So it's a. Uh, go. So <laughs> every once in a while, we uh, we like to throw in a good review of the of the show to keep Josh from crying himself to sleep after recording the show here on uh, Thursday nights. You have any idea how many pillowcases <laughs> I go through in a week? <laughs> hey, uh, I don't want to. Never, never mind. I'm not going to. Yeah. That, no. That's good. <laughs> Too easy, too easy. Hey, G H L L Gill. Yeah, I'm just gonna yeah, sure. make that a name. Sure, writes on Apple Podcasts, and and yes, we are on Apple Podcasts. Why five stars? Well, it's a great show for many reasons. Every week, various topics include what's trending in the Jeep and automotive industry, maintenance tips, tricks, events to attend, gear and gadgets you must have, with reviews why you should, interviews with aftermarket part and upgrade suppliers. They don't feel like commercials because you don't because you get to know their backgrounds and why they created their businesses, and how their models works for Jeepers. Tech Talk with Josh is always informative, and there's some comedy thrown in to keep things light. Best thing to listen to help pass an hour and a half of your week. Thanks, Jeep Talk Show, loyal rap bastard in San Antonio, Texas. Oh, yeah, and there's the free stickers and product discount codes, too. Hour and a half. Like he, he hasn't listened to a recent episode. <laughs> a recent, we've had a couple three-hour shows, I think, that... Definitely uh, some two and a half hour ones in there, at least. It's, yeah, it's just more goodness. Is this the way to yeah, look at it? It's, it's some. We made some people late to work. <laughs> oh God man, damn it, Paul! You're two hours it's, late. We the get. Jeep it's show, just. I'm sorry. It's, it's just fun to talk, especially with the Zoom people. We get talking with the Zoom people, and uh, you know, I guess it's like when you you, you tell the wife I'm going to go to a Jeep meet, and uh, I'll be back by six. And you, you get around Tuesday. Yeah, you get around the Jeeps <laughs> and you start talking about modifications and looking at this and looking at that and pretty soon like it's Tuesday. So Yeah. <laughs> Same, thing here. Same thing here. Same thing here. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? I love the show. I've listened to you guys free for I don't know, years now. And I figured I'd like, time to give back. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love. The Jeep Talk Show. It'll just uh, help help the show out, and, and then in the end, it'll be Jeep Talk Show in my ear holes, you know? Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. It'd be nice to give back to uh, so that you guys can continue on, because if they love the show, then why shouldn't you why shouldn't you give back just a little bit? Calling all rat bastards. And if you don't know, a rat bastard is somebody that listens to the Jeep Talk Show for free. Now, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but... That does mean we're going to call you names. And Rat Bastard is the name we're going to call you. <laughs> so you can easily go over and become a paid subscriber, which we have had uh, several here in this past week. So thank you very much for becoming paid subscribers. But go over to jeeptalkshow.com uh, slash contacts, and you'll actually see where you can become a paid subscriber. And really, it's just right there on the front page as well. So just go over there, and you'll see uh, several uh, packages that you can choose from. Uh, the one that you don't want to choose is the one with uh, Josh and the googly eyes. Josh's image on it. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> really, 
I put a click on this. Jesus. <laughs> we did that for a reason because we're giving away the uh, uh, Jeep Talk Show Rat Bastard, or no, actually, no longer Rat Bastard uh, honor badges. And uh, if you if you pick the googly eyed Josh package, you won't get one. But the other two, you will. So <laughs> just just pick Wendy or Tammy, and you'll uh, be able to get one of those uh, Jeep Talk Show no longer a Rat Bastard honor badges for your Jeep. If you uh, if you'd like, you know, we're, we've started this thing where we're uh, actually going around and infecting jeeps with uh, rats. And yes. if uh, if you'd like to get in on this, you know, it's kind of like the ducking thing, the duck duck jeep, or uh, like the jeep mafia does with uh, the koozies. Except we're doing it. We're the we're the podcast with a bad attitude. So we're we're going around and infecting jeeps. <laughs> <laughs> by calling them rat bastards and Painting uh, them, uh, yes, tagging them like, yeah. all kinds of all kinds of expletives there we're looking for police action it would be great or maybe uh, nightly news <laughs> would all be, we gotta do is get nikki g involved that's, yeah that's true and uh, if you'd like to know more about that how to get involved in that and uh, go out there and uh, infect some jeeps on on your own just go to facebook.com slash groups slash rat bastard and uh, you can uh, fill out a form you can read what's there you can see those tags that we're making and uh, you know maybe you want to be part of this fill out a form what on, an, on another list Gigi. yeah another list well it's actually good because we get your name and address so we can send you the uh, the tags so you can oh, affect tony Gigi. having your address what could possibly go wrong <laughs> yeah, all right yeah, let's let's try let, let's try this again <clears throat> A Jeep's much better than a woman. I'll tell you why I'm right. A Jeep will not get mad if I stay out and wheel all night. A Jeep will go down easy. A Jeep is always wet. Do I want a Jeep? No thanks. Another if you pour it right, you'll always... Oh, crud, dang it. I'm almost <laughs> dead. Somebody poured something right. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> so you you see that this is not something a, a chimp or a monkey can do. It's it's difficult to talk as as is you can like I'm having problems right now thinking of what to say. It's not easy to keep talking and making sense. So <laughs> no, and thankfully we've got the power of editing behind us oh, most God, of the time yes. at yeah. least. It, now doing the live show though, I yeah live stream there ain't you know recorded <laughs> in front of a live studio audience. Yeah, that's us. We need to do the uh, wardrobe. Josh's wardrobe provided by <laughs> oh, Goodwill, me, I Walmart. wouldn't mind a paycheck coming from this company. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you guys, uh, you rat bastards out there and uh, you non-rat bastards uh, probably know this already. Uh, the Jeep Talk Show is buying a Gladiator. And no, Josh, you're not going to get to drive it. Now, you can drive it if you come down here, but we're keeping it at my house. So, uh, we've been keeping you up to date on the process that I've been going through to get a, a brand new 2021 Jeep Gladiator. And uh, uh, I've been dealing with, or at least the, this week, I dealt with Ben, general manager from South Fork Dodge Jeep Ram and five other different things that have to do with Chrysler and stuff. Yogurt shop and karaoke bar. Because <laughs> <laughs> he sorry. was back. Because <laughs> he was back from vacation this past Monday. And, uh, you know, he didn't call me. He didn't call me on Monday. He was playing hard to get. So I sent him an email in the afternoon. I figured he was busy because he was on vacation the the the, the week prior. I had catching up to do. Yeah. 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 So uh, we didn't get uh, get together on Monday, but we did on Tuesday. So just, oh. just a reminder, I uh, I'm ordering uh, or uh, yeah, I'm ordering a Jeep Gladiator Sport S 
max tow package, 8.4 inch radio and upgraded sound system, you know, because that's important. Uh, auxiliary switch package, hard top. It's a total, uh, the, the grand total. And I asked Ben if he didn't mind if I mentioned this total. And yeah, yeah, you guys can start sending me. I'm getting screwed. Josh has already started with this. 43,336 plus tax, title, and license. Oh, and they're I, not why? even throwing in free floor mats. Why? Well, I, actually, I they, they mentioned you can buy the floor mats, but I'd rather uh, have the ones that like I have in my Jeep. You know, the back or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you know, the tread uh, pattern and stuff, form fitting. I, I like those. So, uh, but anyway, uh, so I don't know why I have to have a license. I mean, if this is the state of Texas, I already got a license. So why do I have to pay for a license? But anyway. Yeah. So, uh, looking at that, and uh, that is just a god-awful amount of money, uh, Josh. But like I told you, if you convert it from uh, how much I paid in 1998 for the uh, the brand-new Jeep Cherokee. No, that's what you were saying. It, it's yeah. like when you do the conversion and, you know, take into consideration all the inflation and everything else, you know, what you basically paid for that brand-new XJ uh, off the showroom floor, it's not that much more. Yeah. No, it's a couple of thousand, I think, more than uh, what I paid for the uh, for the Cherokee. Uh, but, uh, oh, speaking of the max tow package, a listener, uh, told me that the heavy duty Dana 44s that come on the Rubicon and the sport with the max tow are 10 millimeter thicker axles. Well, with your luck, you're going to lose that 10 millimeters somehow <laughs> or another. I'm just saying. That's, that's, that's really, that's a lot thicker. I mean, I wonder if that's correct or not, because that would be a very thick axle tube. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I and you know having that extra uh, axle tube is going to uh, give you that extra increased capacity. <laughs> this is why we need to ban cats from the studio, Josh. <laughs> There's no banning this cat. He's like 20 pounds. He goes where the hell he wants. <laughs> yeah. Well, he just needs to be taught where to stick his tail. You guys are not seeing the video. Uh, that's one of the reasons why you should uh, watch us live on uh, Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Central Time. But anyway. So I did place an order for this Gladiator, and I had to put down a $1,000 non-refundable deposit. Now, I, I, I think that they said something about, don't worry about the refund non-refundable, but, you know, I don't know. Uh, ben and I didn't discuss that. There's no reason why I'm going to back out uh, on this unless, you know, there's a health well, issue I'm or sorry. I lose my Jeep job. Jeep doesn't have that configuration in stock anymore. You'll have to pick another one and another $1,000 down, please. Oh, it's a, oh and, but the $1,000 does go towards the 43000 for the Jeep. Oh, it's okay. not, well, it's not there's, you know, a goodwill thing. It's not like I'm uh, buying some, uh, uh, well, I guess the Gladiators, when they came out, you know, they, they probably could have charged the extra $1,000 just for, mm -hmm. you know, the, get, mm -hmm. getting one to you. So anyway, uh, I've already been starting to think about modifications for the Gladiator. And of course, you know, the typical tires and lift uh, is like uh, on the list. But uh, I want to be a little more practical since this is going to be a tow rig. Uh, I'd like to make sure that I don't uh, uh, ding up that, uh, that brand new Gladiator when I go to an off-road park. Now, I, I don't anticipate dragging my uh, XJ over rocks and stuff, but I suppose it could happen. So I'm thinking about, uh, you know, since the, the Gladiator already comes with tow hooks front and rear, so I think my first modification is going to be sliders because I, I don't want to ding up the bottom or the doors on this thing. You certainly don't want to get in the situation where you can't close the doors uh, because, mm, because yeah. you didn't think ahead. So uh, what sliders would you recommend for a Jeep Gladiator? Uh, Josh, I shared this with you. Uh, I, I was looking at the Rugged Ridge RRC Rocker Guards. I was actually 
asking you what you thought about Rugged Ridge products because I've never purchased anything from them, but I sure do like the the look of those sliders uh, and uh, the price of four twenty nine ninety nine. Although, uh, maybe a hundred dollars more than what I'd like to spend is is very reasonable and and certainly a lot cheaper than some of the other ones out there. But I don't want to go with something that's not capable of protecting the vehicle. No, there's only one question, and, and I couldn't find this information on those specific models of rocker guards, was the wall thickness of yeah. the, the two-inch tube that they're using. Now, they, now they say, you know, you know two-inch uh, DOM tubing and stuff like that, you know, it looks good, uh, but, you know, hey, what gauge or wall thickness is that, you know? Uh, if this is just like 090 thick, uh, that's not going to hold up to too much. Even if it's like, you know, 125, that might, or 120, that, you know, that might be a little, I, I don't know. So I, you know, I, it'd probably be worth a question to uh, Rugged Ridge's technical department oh, yeah. just to find out, uh, because, you know, that'd be one of those questions that, that really makes a determination on, well, is this as good as the next thing or is it a hundred or $200 cheaper because they're using thinner metal? Right. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't know. So it's worth a question. Uh, and uh, now, historically, I've liked Rugged Ridge's products. Um, I've bought and I've bought and there we go. <laughs> uh, I've purchased uh, several Rugged Ridge products over the years, uh, from steering to suspension and and uh, and beyond. Uh, I, I, their customer service is great, uh, and the stuff that I've you know had people pick for their own rigs, they seem to be very happy with. So uh, you know, I that's why I was I was you know apt to recommend them. Uh, because they've they they have a good reputation. Are they the best out there? Eh, that's probably up for debate. Um, but you know, do you get the bang for your buck? Well, again, I say that we need to make a, a couple phone calls before we can make that determination too. Yeah, that's a good idea though. Reaching out to the technical support because you don't want to really cheap out on uh, at least too much on uh, uh, sliders or rock uh, rocker guards like what I'm uh, looking at here. You want mm-hmm. them to be able to really support the weight of the vehicle. And also, too, they're great to keep from getting door dings because when people slam that door open, uh, I want them hitting that heavy metal and damaging the hell out of their vehicle and not mine. Now, um, that being said, I do like the looks of these as well, Tony. Yeah. I, I really do think that they complement the the lines and the looks of the Gladiator very, very well. And and, and honestly, if if this isn't um, a primarily a, a rock-crawling vehicle, an off-road vehicle, yeah, you might take it off-road a little bit. But, you know, that's what the XJ is for, is for the, the extreme trails, to really go off-road and beat up on the, the, uh, the, the, the Gladiator, probably not so much. So, could you get away with a thinner tube rock guard like these? If, I'm, I'm you know, if. suppose yeah, if they, they are yeah, if thinner they are tube, there. you know. Um, you might be able to, to, to get away with that. That might be a, one of an acceptable con, if you will, down the going pros and cons down the list, an acceptable con, uh, because it's not going to be really used that hard. It will never be in a situation to where it would have to hold up against that kind of a rigor. So I, you know, I don't know. Might, it might not, it might be a moot point. Yeah, it could be. Uh, but anyway, uh, this will give you guys something to look at. If you look at the Rugged Ridge RRC rocker guards, you get an idea of the style that I'm looking for. And uh, if you if there's some other sliders from another company out there that's uh, maybe that not. aren't $800. Yeah, well, I love the JCR off-road products, and, I, and they have a really nice, uh, it doesn't look like this one, uh, but a really nice, well-tested off-road mm-hmm. uh, slider for the Gladiator. And uh, it even has places for lights so that you can turn on lights and, and shine down there on the rocks mm-hmm. next, to the, next yeah. to the vehicle. Really, really slick. It's like eleven or $1,200. Yeah. 
And I'm sure it's worth every every penny. They make a damn good product. I just don't want to spend $1,200 on sliders. I mean, that's like getting those sliders uh, that uh, when you open up the door, the, the, the bottom of the slider drops down a foot so you can get your broken ass hip uh, into the Jeep or something. I don't need any help getting into the Jeep. I just mm. want it to be protected. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, that'll give you some idea of what I'm looking for. And, uh, maybe you guys can uh, call in or write in and let us know what, uh, what you think would be a good slider for a, uh, 2020 or I'm sorry, 2021 Jeep gladiator from the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. I gotta say, last week I really enjoyed the show where you interviewed Deadpool, a guy who enjoyed driving around on his motorcycle in costume. And Tony, I'm kind of disappointed you had him on the show. You had the opportunity to ask him the question that everybody was dying to know, but you didn't ask it. Who invented liquid soap and why? <laughs> Come on, we're all wondering. I really enjoyed the part where uh, Mr. Pool talked about the types of wheeling he does where he enjoys rock crawling and mudding and beaching. And I got to tell you, I, I don't enjoy beaching. Yeah, Wendy is constantly beaching at me all the time. You're driving too fast. You're driving too slow. You didn't use your turn signal. Will you please open your eyes when you're driving? It's, it's not enjoyable. I don't know anybody who who enjoys that, but that's not why I'm calling. Of course I'm not. calling to address the person in the wheelchair that stole my camouflage jacket. Wait for it. You can hide, but you can't run. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, I'll chat at you later. You have a good one. Bye. Nikki G, I've told you once, I'll tell you again. <laughs> We do not make fun of handicapped people unless they're deaf because they can't hear it. So there you go. <laughs> you got tech questions? Oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I can, I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! Well, you know, I thought I'd use the uh, the Tech Talk segment to talk about a story uh, about a, a vehicle that I recently worked on, a 2001 uh, Jeep Cherokee XJ with a 4-liter inline 6. Now, the motor itself doesn't necessarily come into play too much here, but um, everybody know well, a lot of people who have had the 4 liters uh, know that they are a notoriously picky engine when it comes to grounds. Uh, and they absolutely must have good ground, and, and, and really that generation of Jeeps in specific, even the TJs, uh, they had to have very, very good grounds, otherwise they got a little kind of finicky. Um, now, on this particular, particular vehicle, I was just doing some maintenance for the person, uh, an oil change, uh, but they had uh, a door latch mechanism that was giving them some grief. In, in fact, sometimes the door wouldn't latch closed, and would they would have to hold it closed while they drove down the road. Uh, clearly not a very good or safe condition, uh, not to mention if you can't keep the door closed, it can just, well, leave itself open, and over the course of the night, might end up with a dead battery in the morning, and that's exactly what had happened more than enough times for them to finally uh, call me up and say, hey, can you fix this for me? So uh, I did, uh, and it's a simple fix, really taking the door uh, card off and getting in there uh, three screws, four screws technically, uh, and removing that actual mechanism, getting it up on the bench, cleaning it up, lubing it up really good and getting it back in. Everything works as it should now. Uh, now, in addition to that, when I went to start the vehicle back up, 
uh, and, and pull it out, we had a no start condition. We also had a no voltage condition, meaning when I turned the key, not a single light would come on, not a door chime, not a dome light, not a nothing. There was nothing. The vehicle was, for all intents and purposes, dead in the water. Uh, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. Uh, the complete, the entire ignition was dead. There wasn't voltage coming in or out of the ignition switch. Uh, and so uh, I kept going on. It kept testing and testing and uh, led me to the engine compartment. And uh, I'm looking at some of the grounds and I'm going through all of the you know usual suspects. Um, the ground up at the firewall. Uh, okay, it was a little bit corroded. Clean that up. No change. Uh, I'm looking at the grounds by the dipstick. Well, they're all there uh, and they're all tight. Okay, looks okay. Checking the harness, checking all of the uh, you know all the plugs and everything, and uh, I lead myself over to the battery. And uh, you know initially I thought, okay, you know maybe it's just a very very dead battery. Uh, I had had the door open for you know maybe an hour or two. Uh, I, I didn't know the condition of the battery, uh, so maybe it was an old battery didn't hold a very good charge, and it was just that low. So I put the battery charger on it. Uh, I go to start it up, click, click, nothing. And again, for a second, I had dash lights, I had dome light, I had warning signals, all that sort of stuff, and then nothing. And, and so I, now I'm really confused because now this problem is coming in and going away. So um, I'm, I'm taking a closer look at the battery at this point. I get out my multimeter. I'm measuring the voltage. We got 15 volts the battery. Well, we clearly don't need this charger anymore. Take that off. We've got 13 and a half volts. Okay, the battery's fine. Uh, so let's start start checking some continuity. Uh, having my terminal on uh, the positive terminal, I start checking for ground at the at the uh, fire or at the uh, fender. Nothing. That's weird because I just had 13 and a half volts. So I check it at the battery terminal. Nothing. That's weird. The battery terminal is actually touching the battery. Why isn't there any voltage passing the battery terminal? Well, it's because of that little word called continuity. For some reason, uh, the person had purchased some new battery terminals from a parts store, and they got the kind that are painted red and painted black. What they didn't do was take their due diligence to, uh, you know, scrape off or use a wire brush, a, a little <laughs> battery, you know, tender, a little battery brush thing yeah. to clean up that paint from the inside of the terminal. Oh now, by the stroke of luck, they were able to use the Jeep on and off for several years this way, but they were having a constant uh, issue with the vehicle not wanting to start and, and, and batteries going dead. Well, gee, I wonder why. So um, I, you know, started looking a little bit closer and, and actually I, I did not have voltage passing through the battery terminal that was actually connected to the battery securely onto the battery post itself. Uh, very, very odd condition. I, I've, I've certainly not ran into this ever before, but it's very easy to, to troubleshoot, very easy to diagnose and very easy to, uh, to clean up. Now, there was an additional problem, the, the, fen the uh, ground mount at the fender itself. This is a, uh, the cable that comes off of the negative battery terminal and goes to the fender. This is what supplies 90% of the negative voltage in the vehicle. Uh, you know, it's a you know, positive, negative, uh, you know, direct current, you know, all that. So, so anyways, uh, this was supplying you know, 90% of the negative uh, voltage going through the vehicle, and it wasn't there. It was stripped out. Um, and I, I grabbed it a couple times, gave it a little wiggle wiggle, tried to tighten it up a little bit, and it snapped in half. So now I'm at the point of where, okay, I'm, I'm taking apart this battery terminal because uh, it's the tiny, kind that has two 11 millimeter bolts on the top of it. Uh, you know, take that off. The wires just kind of shove into a, a cavity and get pinched in there. Um, and they were completely corroded through. 
So I, I go to strip back uh, part of the main ground wire. It's just an 8-gauge ground wire. I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, improve that a little bit. I'm going to get them some 2-gauge or 4-gauge ground, rather, uh, and to improve on that. And uh, uh, peel, the, uh, peel it back. It's corroded all the way through. It's just a snow cone inside of, inside of wire, uh, uh, you know, uh, wire protection. So uh, th not only did they not have good continuity, the wire itself, even if it did have voltage coming through the battery terminal, wouldn't have been able to supply a whole lot of electron flow to the fender, giving the vehicle the negative ground that it needed to see and the, you know, the other half of the voltage that the vehicle needs to run properly. So uh, the vehicle is in, uh, you know, in, in, currently in my shop and uh, getting dealt with, but it's going to be one of those kinds of fixes that, uh, you know, it's, hey, uh, you know, got to have this vehicle. Um, I don't have the wires or the terminals with me at that point. Uh, I didn't realize I was going to be getting into an electrical repair situation, didn't have uh, those tools with me or that kit with me rather. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's tomorrow. They're going to have their Jeep back, and it's going to be running, and likely even getting better gas mileage than it ever did before. Now that it has all the proper voltage that it's supposed to. Yeah, that's uh, that's amazing. Um, I you know it, it dawns on me that uh, if one person doesn't know that they need to remo remove that insulating paint, uh, there's a, another person out there that doesn't uh, know it either. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I quickly looked up on Amazon uh, to see what the the actual name of that little a steel brush type thing was it's a metal battery post and terminal cleaner and uh, we'll have a, a link for that in the show notes uh it's a a whole whopping six dollars and 99 cents of course you can oh pick, yeah you, you, no, can, you can pick cheap. it up locally probably cheaper uh, at an auto parts st store and you absolutely mm -hmm. need one of these things and, and oh yeah and i don't know if you agree with this or not josh i think that every time you take the uh, the terminal off the battery you should clean the terminal and the post before putting yes. it back together. Yes. It's, no, I, it's that I, I critical. Agree. Yeah. No, I mean, if you just did it a week ago, you know, maybe do it every oil change or a couple few times a year, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, and this will, you know, doing this will definitely increase the longevity of your battery. Yeah. I mean, on average, well, it, batteries, you know, can last five to seven years or more uh, with, you know, a relatively decent reserve in them. Uh, but I've got a I've got a friend who has not taken care of his battery. Every time he shows up, I'm troubleshooting a different issue on his Jeep, and every time I pop the hood, oh look at the snow cone! That's great. <laughs> so you know it's yeah it, it's one of those. And of course the uh, the the battery's like three years old and it's on its last leg. And it's like really it shouldn't be because it's not that old. But you know if you don't take care of things, that's what happens. So uh, Josh, this is a, a great segue for an Amazon update. Uh, I was out milling around, and uh, Amazon uh, came up and uh, spoke to me. In a and black van, the door opened me, up and get in. Asked me if I'd been working out and how was I doing, and uh, <laughs> you're looking well. And uh, we had a had a conversation, a bit of some coffee, sat down, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna. Uh, Reestablish your relationship with Amazon, I think. Is that so? I okay. think so. They, they, they've apologized and and well, uh, no, but uh, oh. you know, the working out thing really made me feel good, uh, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> the working out comment really made me feel good. So we've uh, we've uh, got a nice little Amazon uh, products page uh, up on the Jeep Talk Show website. So if you, you go to JeepTalkShow.com on the menu bar, you will see uh, Amazon products mentioned on the show. And if you go there, you will see a list of the the products. And and Josh, uh, did you did you happen to notice 
the Bane mask and the bacon salt. Uh, I did. I a little, little throwback, a <laughs> little, little tip of the cap, if you will, a little Jeep wave, if you will, to uh, some of our older listeners. Now, what Tony's referring to, that, that little Easter egg, uh, you know, is uh, is a hark back to, uh, geez, at least 100 episodes you, you ago. You bought what, I think, was one of yeah, the yeah, was your- yeah. Amazon, you bought what? Uh, was a segment that we had for a while, and and we would have uh, regular listeners who would uh, use this specific link that we had for a while uh, that gave us some credit uh, from an Amazon purchase, hey. uh, and and it generated a list, and so we got to see what people were buying. You bought what? Hang on, because this, sometimes people hey, would hey, throw hey, some. I found it. I never can find stuff on the board, but I found it. Hang on, does oh, it? Amazon.com and the Jeep Talk <laughs> Show present. <laughs> You bought what? <laughs> That's old, folks. That's really old. <laughs> we had an outro for that, too, I think. Oh, uh, yeah, it's uh, right here. You want to hear it? Yeah, I do. We just found out what you bought. Oh, my God. I just can't believe that made it on the list. <laughs> <laughs> like a Bane mask and, uh, and bacon-flavored salt. And, salt, <laughs> and uh, they go together. Maybe. I think there were some crotchless panties in there at one point. I forgot about those. Yeah, that's right. There was all kinds of very interesting items that would make it on the list. And oh, well, people were uh, buying these things for, just, to, oh, just to be mentioned on the list. Just I think. to get, yeah, just to get on the show, just to get us to, to you know, throw <laughs> us a curveball and, and get us to laugh and crack up a little bit on the show. It was a lot of fun for, for quite a while. Well, then it kind of tapered off and, and people kind of lost the, uh, lost the fun aspect of it. And, well, they and, got tired uh, of being asked by their spouse is what is yeah, this and why did you buy it this, why is this showing up i'm sure we ruined a marriage <laughs> or three <laughs> or, or improved you know when they were sort of asking possibly, about it <laughs> possibly because there were some items there that you know straight out of the nightstand drawer if you know what i'm talking uh, about yeah there was <laughs> uh the one with the kickstarter is the one that, that uh, floored me <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's a, an old segment from uh, from yesteryear that we're talking about there. So if you if you if you want to go back, I I don't know what episode it was that we that we kind of tapered off from doing that. That's I'd a couple say go years back ago. at least it's been a at long. least a hundred episodes. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and take a listen. You'll probably find one. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, that's fun. And uh, Amazon, we're back, baby. If you've got anything to add for Tech Talk, who knows, you might have a, a, a topic that might just end up here on the show. You All you got to do is send us a message. Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how to reach out to us and let us know what you would like covered on Tech Talk. Help, I've fallen and I can't get up. Has this ever happened to you? You've fallen and you can't get up. Oh, God. Can you please call 911? Shut up, old woman. I'm working here. <clears throat> now you can make your long wait, perhaps your last one, better by listening to the Jeep Talk Show past catalog of shows. Oh, please. Please help me. Look, Grandma, there's 24 hours in a day. That's 24 past Jeep Talk Show episodes you can listen to. Now shut up, press that play button, and enjoy those ice chips I gave you. Please help me. The Jeep Talk Show. We care about our listeners. <laughs> Ice chips. <laughs> All your work. <laughs> Back into that. Good Lord. <laughs> So, hey, uh, I, I told you guys a couple few episodes back um, uh, about my uh, continuing and, and long-standing now uh, boycott of JEGS. Uh, they, they treated me wrong. Boy, did they ever. By taking my money uh, and even taking my money for expedite, expedited shipping on parts that they did not have in inventory and could not get. Well, you weren't supposed uh, to find that out. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Clearly, because it took me a 45-minute phone call before I finally did find that out. Now, they did uh, agree to give me a warrant, or give me a, a refund, rather, 
and uh, that re- that refund process has gone through. Uh, that refund has posted. So I will I will give Jegs a couple of points credit at least for that. Uh, their customer service, at least on on that end, uh, was pretty good. Uh, and I, I I had mentioned probably the reason why is because they have to do this a lot. Well, I, I think beating on the glass door at their uh, facility. Uh, probably the locked glass door actually uh, probably helped you get that refund. Uh, <laughs> you know who I am. No, I'm kidding. Um, so I, I, had mentioned, <laughs> I had mentioned that uh, that Summit Racing had uh, stepped up to the plate and uh, had the parts in stock. It was truthful about it. Uh, I just had to pay a little bit more uh, to get my parts on time. Uh, I was willing to do that. Uh, now the problem was uh, when they did arrive. Uh, the the one of the box the box that contained the camshaft was oh, damaged very badly, uh, and in fact the um, uh, it looks like it was packaged by somebody who doesn't know anything about auto parts. Um, there was like the bubble not bubble wrap but the bubble packs, oh, and there was like one string of them in there. Like they tried to wrap it around it, but you know I mean what happens when you try and wrap something around uh, something that's cylindrical in shape? It all just kind of falls down to the bottom, and that's exactly what had happened. Was all of the bubble uh, package had had gone down to one side or down to the bottom, and and a good probably I don't know twenty five percent of the box was torn open, and and even the the manufacturer's padded wrap of the camshaft itself was damaged. So at that point, I'm like, okay, this is something that has to ride on on you know in on bearings. I mean, it has to be an absolute pristine surface, no mars, no scratches. And if this thing has been banged around, is it even true anymore? I you know I don't know. Uh, and so I wrote uh, Summit Racing, you know, hey, uh, this is how this arrived. I'm not <laughs> this is, really confident. This is the kind of shit I'd expect from Jags. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not really confident that this is in good shape still, you know, uh, I would hate for me to, you know, put this in and then something happened. All the work. Now at that point, who would be liable for the damage to my engine? Uh, you know, or anything else for that matter. Uh, so what, you know, what can we do? Uh, they got back to me. Uh, I got an auto auto response email immediately back saying we received that your, 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 uh, your message about a, you know, claim. Um, we are, uh, you know, experiencing a, a, um, a big log, uh, right now. Um, and <laughs> so they were in the bathroom, <laughs> they were in the bathroom, uh, you know, we'll take three or four days to, to get back to you. Okay, fine. So about three or four days goes by and I get an email and it's like, um, you know, uh, we're going to go ahead and, uh, and issue you another part. Uh, we're going to get that out to you right away. Um, we're sorry this has happened. Uh, we are going to take care of the claim process through UPS. You don't have to do a thing. Uh, hold on to the box for 10 days because UPS uh, may want to take a look at it uh, or may want the product themselves. Right. Uh, fine, no problem. They're, they will let me know if they're going to do that. Um, and so uh, all I got to do is hold on to it for 10 days. Um, the, Summit Racing doesn't appear to want the product back. So I'm, I'm okay with that. That's fine. If UPS wants it back, that's fine too. I don't know what to do with a possibly damaged camshaft for a four liter in line six. Well, let me, let so, me ask you, is, is it too soon to announce the giveaway of a, a summit 
Cam? <laughs> or is the ten days up? No, I, I don't. I don't really want to, uh, uh, you know, risk this going into somebody else's engine. If I'm not going to put it in my own engine, I don't want you putting it in yours either. All right. So uh, what I may do is uh, make a make an art installation out of this. You know, I've got all those oh, lamps, uh, all those old lifters and um, uh, push rods and rocker arms, and and I've got you know brake rotors and all, I mean all, I've got all kinds of scrap metal oh, around I here. That I can I can weld some stuff together with and make a very interesting little piece of art to go out in the yard or something like that. I don't I don't know. So now, Josh, uh, I gotta that, ask, was it packed any better this time, or have you received? You've have you received? I haven't that? received. Oh, yet. Uh, you gotta uh, let us know. You gotta take some pictures tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. as we recording this, uh, the parts will be here. So I, I am excited for that. I bet you are. So when are you gonna put this thing together? Hopefully this weekend, maybe. Uh, but of course, uh, this is going to be the first uh, really nice weekend that we've had in in, in months. Uh, I am I'm itching for some range time. I am itching to get out and enjoy some sun. There's yard work that needs to be done. I still have storm cleanup to do. Uh, so I mean, I, the list is long. I don't know if it's going to go in this weekend or not. I would like to at least uh, you know uh, possibly get it in. Uh, maybe get the lifters in and uh, uh, get ready for the head. I, I, I don't know how far I'm going to get, but I'll let you guys know next week. Yep, and uh, don't forget, there's the the break-in procedure you need for the, the oh, lifters yeah. and the, and oh, the cam. So That reminds me, I got, I got to get some more break-in oil. And assembly lube. Not bacon-flavored. Don't use liquid soap. Uh, you'll offend Nikki G. All right. Let's see if uh, this is uh, if the third uh, is the the third time is the charm, Josh. <clears throat> the Jeep's much better than a woman. I'll tell you why I'm right. The Jeep will not get mad if I stay out and drink all night. The Jeep will go down easy. The Jeep is always wet. Do I want a wife? No thanks. Another Jeep? You bet. The Jeep won't fake a headache. The Jeep won't tell me stop. The Jeep will not get angry when I take off its top. <gasps> the Jeep won't call me selfish. The Jeep will understand. If one night I prefer to park it in the can. Oh, no. I love my Jeep. <laughs> Let it be said. I guarantee if you treat it right, you'll always get good hand. I love my Jeep. There is no doubt. If a Jeep goes flat... Just toss it out. <laughs> a Jeep's much better than a woman. Now this is understood. You don't have to wash a Jeep to make it feel real good. A Jeep won't get premenstrual each month of the year. And I won't pay out the money if I decide to trade my Jeep. I still drive Jeeps. I'll never quit. When a Jeep is getting pissed, it'll never throw a fit. Is that Jeep cold? Well, I don't mind. A frigid Jeep is the best kind. I love my Jeep. Let it be said. I guarantee if you treat it right, you'll always get good head. I love my Jeep. <laughs> there is no doubt. If a Jeep goes fat, just toss it out. If the Jeep goes flat, just toss it out. Now buy me another Jeep, baby, and get out. All right, that last one's good. See you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Are you threatening me? <laughs> uh, 
threat or a promise. So, uh, no, good times. Getting finally made it through the threat. Finally made it through the the final cut. Good job. So Rose McGowan has contacted the show while that was playing and is uh, not is going to be boycotting the show. Oh boy, you know who Rose McGowan is. The name sounds familiar. I can't place the face or the, or why. I know the name. I just don't know why. She was in that zombie movie uh, that uh, uh, Tarantino made, and uh, she also uh, what was it? Uh, who was the 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 producer uh, that uh, who was the producer. Weinstein, Brinstein, something like that? Weinstein. Oh, that guy. Yeah. yeah. So so she uh, she came out about about him. So anyway, uh, yeah yeah. It's uh <laughs> it's it's just it's just entertainment. Come on, <laughs> not that part, but the show, the show. Okay, the good clarification. Yeah, there. yeah, that it was enough. You're siding with who? <laughs> <laughs> Living the Jeep life? From mall crawlers to weekend warriors, from daily drivers to weekend wheelers, it's all about the Jeep life, and it's all good. It's time for Jeep Life with Jeep Mama. Tony, Josh, and Wendy, no, I wasn't snowed in because of the worst snow in Colorado since the 1800s. I've been getting a lot of questions asking me about the snow from a couple of weeks ago. Actually, here in the San Luis Valley, we just got a dusting. It's like we're in this protective winter weather bubble. I've been dealing with the blue screen of death on my computer, and we've been having super busy days at the shop, working long days. Plus, I got to go see my kids. We also have done a few recoveries out on the trails. One was a Cherokee stuck in the snow up in the mountains. He should have never been up there in that Jeep's condition. Another was a realtor showing some property. It was a little muddy for that Jeep. That recovery was a little intense. Her Jeep was right on the edge of a ditch or some sort of ravine. However, with my winch, we were able to get her out of the precarious situation. Tony, I will say, which seems like I've been saying this a lot lately since I left the East Coast, you're right about a winch. A winch would have helped this Jeeper out. The location and position of the Jeep made for a difficult recovery. One, because we couldn't get in front of her, and two, we had to be very careful not to let the Jeep slide over into the ditch. Pulling her straight out would have been no big deal, but like I said, we couldn't get her with my winch that way, so we had to break out the snatch block. Now, if she had a winch, she could have easily gotten herself out of that situation. Oh my God, did I just admit Tony was right about the winch again? (sighs) On to Jeep life and Jeep genealogy. Since moving out here to Colorado, I have learned so much about the old-time vintage Jeeps. They're everywhere. Inside of old barns, on old farms, in driveways of homes in small towns. We even found an old CJ hardtop in the middle of the woods. Now, as much as we can, we try to save these vintage Jeeps. We found another gem this past month. Turns out it's a rare gem. We have too many projects backing up, so we're not going to be able to restore this one fully. So we're looking for a forever home for this Jeep, a project for another Jeeper. When I listed it for sale, I titled it CJ3A 1960 Willie's Jeep. It was brought to my attention that the CJ3A wasn't made in 1960. Production for that model had ended. The title read 1960, and it looks like a CJ3A. So I did some checking. And he was right. The CJ3B was on the production line in 1960. However, this Jeep's hood didn't match the 3B's hood. The CJ3B ran the F-head Hurricane engine, so the hood stood up higher. So what Jeep did we have? 
back to the internet for some researching. Now I had the VIN number on the title, so I started there. You can research these older Jeeps on the Willys Kaiser website if you have a VIN number. Actually, back then it was a serial number. Now, if you don't have a title with the serial number, you can find the serial number stamped on a metal plate that's adhered to the body under the hood on the passenger side. After a little digging, I found this Jeep was a DJ3A. DJ stands for Dispatcher Jeep. Willie started production of this Jeep in 1955, later renamed Kaiser Jeep in 1963. They used the body style of the CJ3A for this Jeep, but it came with a column shift or a floor shift three-speed T96 transmission. There were many body options with the soft top, metal top, or the full van body. The marketing focus was perfect for economical deliveries and for carefree business and pleasure transportation. Of course, one of the models was a postal delivery vehicle with the right side driver's position. It was built as a two-wheel drive vehicle, but you could ask for the four-wheel drive option. The one we have is the four-wheel drive option, and only 2,754 came off the production line that year. The dispatcher Jeep was used as a delivery vehicle. Pepsi used it to deliver their products to grocery stores. Pharmacies used them as well. The DJ also became popular at resorts in Hawaii, Mexico, and the Caribbean. They were fun little Jeeps for people to rent and bebop around the islands. Jeep took notice and in 1959 came out with the Jeep Surrey as a primary target market for the resorts. They were low-cost rental vehicles for their guests. They came standard with a striped fabric top in colors pink, green, and blue. We would love to keep this Jeep and fix it up. It's still in really great condition for a Jeep this old. But we can't keep them all to ourselves. But that won't stop us from trying to rescue as many as we can. Our friend Corey bought up a 1951 Jeep station wagon we found. The owner modified it into a pickup truck. The modifications we see sometimes are a little out there. But hey, don't we all feel that way sometimes when we see what people do to their Jeeps now? You know, um, I wish they had used these Jeeps on uh, Fantasy Island, you know, the the 70s uh, show, Mm -hmm. because they weren't using Jeeps. It was like some old, some Ford or something. They probably made a deal, uh, the reason why they were using it. But still, uh, this would have made a lot more sense to me. And I'm I'm sharing this for our uh, Facebook Live folks that they get a good idea what they're looking at. Yeah, it's a good-looking Jeep. I mean, I'm I'm not really keen on the 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 pink or the the white and pink stripes, but they probably would serve for them not to be stolen very much. <laughs> yeah, right. I think that probably is the, a lot of it right there. <laughs> uh, looks like there should be pink flamingos on the uh, on the lawn if you have one of these things. So, have to. How does Tammy's Jeep life compare with yours? We're always looking for good Jeep stories. So contact us and let us know what your Jeep life is like. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how to reach out. You must have needed this every day. I need it! It's the Jeep Talk Show's must-have stuff. Pick of the week for your Jeep. And this week's must-have pick of the week for your Jeep is for the JK crowd out there. And if you have a 2007, 2017, or 2018 Jeep Wrangler JK model, well, then this is going to be for you. Now, they are. They do make these for other Jeep uh, models as well. So uh, it, if you uh, are a TJ owner or a JT owner or something like that, well, don't get sad. You can probably get one for yours as well. 
Uh, what I'm talking about is one of the highest rated, best super chip uh, programmers out there. It, it's by super chips, actually. Uh, it's called the Super Chips Flash Cal F5. Yep, the F5 is uh, got hundreds of reviews on virtually every site it's sold on, uh, and all of those reviews uh, typically are five stars. Uh, you'd be hard-pressed to find a, uh, a one-star review on something like this. Uh, it comes with uh, the ability to do speedometer correction for gears, tires, and even axle swaps. Our recalibrates for tire sizes all the way down to 26 inches if you're going the wrong way, and clear up to 42 inches. Uh, does uh, works for gears and axle uh, ratios up to 538s even has a 2.8 inch high color definition high definition full color screen it reads and clears diagnostic the diagnostic trouble codes as well uh, comes with accessory and TPMS options as well so uh, that'll work out really good for you uh, even uh, comes with Rubicon 4 high and 4 low locking options that's a big yeah. big one right there for a lot of people uh, internet updatable PC compatible for all 2007 and 2018 Jeep Wrangler JK models uh, so yeah gotta get one of these for yourself uh, it can do so much for you including you know if you got a uh, uh, you know a check engine light that comes on bam check it out you got this thing plugged in uh tell you what to do and and uh, tell you what it is and and it will even clear it out for you i uh, just went to a different set of tires boom you can repair uh, re recalibrate that speedometer uh all that sort of stuff so and on top of that you can do other things as well so yeah really cool stuff uh comes with the uh, uh couple of chips uh, a couple, couple of chips, a couple of stickers, mm -hmm. uh, of course, the Super Chips programmer, an update cable to plug it into your computer, and of course, the cable to plug it into the uh, vehicle itself, as well as the owner's manual. Uh, so really cool stuff. Uh, a price tag of uh, just over $200. It's well worth it for what it can do. So uh, I was looking at a video, uh, as one does when they're getting a, a new Jeep, especially one that is significantly newer than the, the Jeep they're used to driving. And uh, a guy mentioned, uh, I saw a video, and he was uh, actually showing a, uh, a plug-in similar to this, except you actually plug it into the, uh, I think this goes in the OBD2 port, if I'm looking at the looking at right. correctly. This one yep. actually uh, plugs into the harness that goes into the computer. So, Interesting. Yeah, and it allows you to do many of these things. It's called a taser. Uh, it allows you to do many of these things, if not all of them. Don't tase me, bro. That's right. And uh, but instead of having a display in your hand, you use the screen that's on the dash of your oh, of your gladiator. That's pretty cool. So it actually works in conjunction with the the factory screen as far as being able to you know do some different programming and stuff. Absolutely, really cool. it's it's more expensive than this. It's around three hundred. Oh, it's well, it's only about three hundred dollars, so a hundred dollars more. Okay. And oh, that's not too bad. And from what I've seen, it allows you to uh, uh, change the tire size. Uh, it also allows you to turn off that pesky piece of crap auto start so that, you know, when you come to a stop, the engine dies and then. Oh, yeah. So you don't have to well, keep pressing. Well, it's the only the, way to get those extra miles per gallon, of yeah. course. <laughs> and it's the way you get stuck on the, on the road, too, at a, at a light and everybody honking at you. But anyway, I, I, I'm going down a fear f uh, road there. Anyway, so you don't have to keep pressing that button on the dash to turn off the auto start every time you get in. So there was a. There was a, a a bunch of different things and actually it's one of the things i want to ask some people about uh as we're doing the uh, jeep gladiator uh build the modifications because i definitely want some like this especially uh when i go putting larger tires on it so just thought i'd well, mention yeah. that not only that um you know if you get the kind of programmer that you can start adjusting shift points or you know uh you know actually you know program some more horsepower into into it a little bit uh you know you might be able to really capitalize on the towing capabilities 
uh, of the machine, a, as it were, with a with the with the programmer. Yeah, that would be interesting because you could maybe go into a, a towing profile uh, that gives you more mm-hmm. horsepower or yeah. or lower lower horsepower, lower RPM horsepower. I don't know if it can do that or not, but that would be that'd be pretty cool. Well, now that you must have a Super Chips programmer for your own Jeep, we're going to make it easy for you. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com and look for the link in the show notes for episode 482. Tony, Josh, Wendy, guys, great show. Just got done listening to Wendy uh, talk about her second part in storage. Love it. This is Brent P. from Birmingham, Alabama. I've been loving the show lately. I've got to put a new Speedo gear in my TJ because I've got these new Nexon Rodian MTXs, and I love them. Great show, great content. Uh, every Saturday morning, I typically work on the Jeep a little bit, listen to Jeep talk show if I don't get it on, you know, on Fridays. But uh, just love it. Guys, have a great day. Thanks. Hope to get the Rodians out on the trail pretty soon. Take care. I, I know you, you and me both, brother. <laughs> I was going to say, I know you're hoping to do the same thing, Josh, as soon as you can uh, get all the parts then that it's you like need to. I finished rebuilding my damn engine again. Do you, do you at least go to your bedroom and smell the uh, the Rodian MTXs ever so often or maybe lull yourself to sleep at night uh, smelling those There's new tires? Nothing, nothing like fresh rubber. The oh, smell I of fr- Yeah. I, yeah. Fresh cut wood, fresh rubber. There's something about it. Oh, the 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 spring where uh, the first grass is being cut, and sometimes there's some onion. I don't know if if you guys have this. Wild onions are mixed into the uh, into the grass during the spring, and you have that. Not uh, if my herbicide has been working right. Oh, I love I love the onions. You know, it's uh, it has oh, a I great love onions smell. Too, just not no, the no, the mowing and the smell of those those onions is just so strange, but very. You know, it's spring. You know, everything is safe and nice, and it's cool outside for a little bit Black. longer. Wet up here and muddy and just, oh, yeah. you're you're the wrong place. <laughs> Thanks for the call, uh, Brett P. And uh, we sure appreciate you uh, trying out those Nexon tires. I think you're going to love them, just like I think Josh is going to love them. Um, yeah, absolutely. Be sure to uh, give us a call back after you get those things mounted. Let us know what you think of how they look on your Jeep, and then let us know what you think after you've uh, you know put a few thousand miles of, uh, of pavement and trail on them. Yeah, Nexon Rodian MTX. You guys should check them out. I love mine. Well, everybody's uh, made it up here, I see, and uh, even got a few people uh, rolling those MTXs. Real nice, real nice. We got a big crowd tonight, too. So, Tony, uh, speaking of the Rodian MTX, uh, when you went, uh, and you went uh, size for size, you didn't change tire size when you went from your last tire, which I believe were the BF Goodrich. Yeah, uh, the KO2s. Hey, oh, KO2s. So, the... uh, um, did you notice any change in gas mileage right away? I mean, it's like, oh my God, these things nope. are heavier. It's like two miles per gallon less every tank. You know, I mean, did you notice anything with the, with those? Absolutely no change. This the ride was uh, a lot smoother. Um, I, th- I think uh, some cupping had had happened uh, on the other ones. And is it Ko twos? What is it? The, is that the mud terrain uh, or is it Km twos? I think it's KM two. Yeah, Km two yeah. is what what I had on there. So I've had Kms and then the Km twos. I would have been buying the KM3s because the, the, the KM2s were about done. And I would have been looking at $1,500 at least for a set of five tires, you know, mounted and all the rest of that stuff. And yep, yep. and I paid $1,000 for the same size tire, Rodian MTX, Nexon Rodian MTXs. And uh, man, I am, I'm just, 
I mean, just the money savings alone. Uh, but the ride, uh, I have had them off road. Uh, they did very well. I need to. I, I do need to do more testing. <laughs> but that's just kind of the fun aspect well, of it. But I'm not concerned about using those tires at, in the least. So the reason why I asked you about gas mileage uh, is at least around here, and I know that you've got the refineries down there, so you know your gas prices don't probably don't fluctuate quite as much as they do um, in other parts of the nation, especially up here in the Northwest. Uh, gas prices are skyrocketing right now, and and the question certainly arises when gas prices start cresting three dollars and keep going uh, per gallon. Uh, you know, do you see yourself driving a Jeep, you know, any, any less if gas prices keep going up? That's the question I'm asking this week, uh, with, uh, you know, what's going on, at least uh, in my neck of the woods, possibly nationwide gas prices are on the rise. And so if they keep going much further, do you see yourself driving your Jeep any less if they keep going? So, uh, th- we ask different questions each and every week and, and on this, uh, segment or, or this, uh, segment of the show rather, uh, we invite our listeners and fans of the show to come around, sit around our, our virtual campfire, if you will, and chat about this particular topic or any, whatever the topic is for the week. And we pull a different one uh, out of our, well, you know, we, we pick a different one each week. And <laughs> and this week, it just so happens to be about uh, fuel economy and, and Jeeps uh, specifically. Um, and we've got a, a pretty good uh, cross-section of our listeners uh, around the campfire tonight, so we're going to go around the horn and see where they stand on this topic and uh, uh, even talk with, uh, with uh, you know, Tony and myself about this as well. So getting straight into the nuts and bolts of this, uh, Christopher, uh, Christopher R., uh, tell us what kind of Jeep that you drive, and, and if gas prices keep going up, are they going up in your neighborhood, in your, in your area? Will you continue to drive the Jeep? Um, I drive a 2002 V8 grand cherokee wj and i was always told that if you can't put gas in it then don't buy it there you go (laughs) so my uh my dad pretty much told me that and and pretty much i like driving it and i don't care how much gas it is they're gonna put 20 bucks in it (laughs) you know for for me when i was uh, i had a 40 mile door-to-door commute and, and I love driving my Jeep. I love driving Jeeps, period. Uh, they're fun to drive. They, I like the way that Jeeps drive in general. Um, and, and, you know, it, it, being able to just, well, you know, I'm decided to go, go off-road after work today. And I can do that without having to come home first, load everything up, and, and head out. Um, but the problem was it was $400 a month in gas alone for me to get just to and from work. That's not making grocery store runs. That's not really going out and you know going to going to dinner, going out to a friend's house or anything like that. Four hundred bucks a month, and at that point, I was like, "Dude, it's time to figure something else out." Now, gas prices then were uh, in excess of four dollars a gallon. Uh, they are you know knocking on the door of that up here in my neck of the woods. Uh, Bob, two cheap Jeep guys. Where are gas prices out uh, at in your area? And what are you driving? Uh, what kind of Jeep do you have? And are you going to continue to drive it if gas prices keep going? I have a 2005 TJ. Uh, gas is knocking on $3 a gallon out here in Colorado. And yes, I will continue to drive it. I've always driven pickups, Jeeps, SUVs. And I'll definitely the TJ is not the worst fuel economy I've ever got. Not and sure. for my 44-mile each-way commute to work, I have a Camry hybrid, so I still have the gas money to put in the Jeep on the weekends. There you go. There you go. See, I, I, I was forced into a, a similar situation. 
uh, I needed a more fuel economic vehicle. And, and honestly, you know, you, you go into something with th like that in my situation, $400 a month in gas. Now, if you can cut that even in half, all of a sudden that frees up 200 bucks a month that may pay your car payment. It might actually pencil out. You're not going to end up in any sort of, you know, less economic situation by actually taking on a car payment. If you end up saving that kind of, uh, you know, that kind of money in, in gas mileage. Greg, uh, what kind of Jeep do you drive? And uh, if gas prices are going up in your area too, do you see yourself driving your Jeep still? Last time I filled up with gas earlier in the week, I think I paid two sixty-seven a gallon. Not bad. And it had and it had gone up maybe seven cents from the week before. And so, yeah, uh, but yeah we're it's a it's a daily driver. So you know to get uh, to get to and from work and school uh, for my son and. Uh, and you know, I just get to drive it on the weekends and whatnot for uh, for enjoyment. But yeah, we'll we'll continue to drive it. It's a it's a necessity. So regardless of the gas prices, we're going to just have to you know grin and bear it and keep on jeeping. Keep on jeeping like that, Jared. Where do you stand on this topic? Are gas prices going up in your neighborhood? And uh, also, what kind of jeep do you drive? I drive a JK. Um, it is not my commuter, though. Um, luckily, I've been working from home for the past year and, and still doing so. So that's helped with that's helped nice. put a lot of upgrades on the Jeep. Actually, it saves me a lot of gas. But I don't use the Jeep as my daily. I like to um, I like to drive vehicles that I don't mind depreciating as quickly. I drive thirty five miles each way, so I want to pound miles into something else other than the Jeep. Um, but the, I don't really take gas price into consideration it, it it is going up right now but i pretty much just drive whatever is running <laughs> there you go there you go now see I, I i i like hearing that other people had a long commute for for a while too now i had that job for 15 years and, and covid came around and and i got laid off thankfully now i'm i'm working in the same zip code that i live in and it's marvelous uh and so i'm actually considering uh daily driving the jeep again uh, I know for some people that have a 35, 45 mile commute, um, that might not be an, an option. It might have to, it might be a necessity. Uh, it might be something else for Jerry, uh, Larry, Jeep and Mo. Uh, Larry, what would you say? I mean, what kind of Jeep are you driving? Or should I say, what is your daily driver? So my, it's both. So I have an 18 JL and uh, I drive when I'm in office about 35 miles one way, you know, just to get to work. But, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, one thing nice with, with everything that's happened, work from home is a lot more plentiful, which is good. But, uh, you know, we're, we're knocking on about $3 a gallon here as well. You know, I may not be putting the 40s on it as soon as I was wanting to, but, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take the 13 to 15 miles a gallon and just keep going. You know, that's that's like what, you know, uh, I forgot who I said, uh, you know, just got to keep jeeping. And and that's, you know, kind of like the show, the show's got to go on, as it were, uh, right. you know, and uh, <laughs> that's that that's what we jeepers do. You know, right. We, we, we didn't buy a Prius. Right. <laughs> exactly. We knew what we were getting into. <laughs> Mike, what kind of uh, what kind of gas prices are what are gas prices looking out uh, looking like where you're at? And if they keep going, are you going to keep driving the Jeep? Uh, well, gas prices is roughly about three fifty seven all the way up to like four ten, I believe. Um, so I always try to find the cheapest one. California. Um, my daily uh, is the Jeep, which is a two thousand thirteen JK, uh, and that's the only car I have. So I have to, you know, keep keeping. That's I guess. it, right? 
Yeah, you know, I was in the same boat for for yeah. years, and and it took me a little while to save up my pennies uh, and just bought a beater, honestly. And and yeah, you know, you think of you know, okay, well, you know, geez, I'm I'm spending X amount of money in gas every month. Um, if I can cut that in half, if I can cut that in a third, you know, by by getting a little four banger, you know, POS car that I can you know hammer on and and, and commute on and you know, like somebody else said, depreciate uh, on a lot more than my Jeep. That's going to you know bode well for my Jeep, and it's going to pencil out you know at the end of the year, it'll have paid for itself. I think when I bought that little Honda that got stolen from me so many times. It had paid for itself within the first 10 months of me owning it. Uh, so, you know, just kind of, you know, perspective there. Uh, Chris, 7slats.com, yeah. uh, what, what, what do you drive and, uh, you know, uh, are, what are gas prices looking like in, in your area? Uh, and if they keep going up, are you going to keep driving the Jeep? Yeah, I've got a 14 JK four-door. Uh, prices here, 250 plus going up uh, in the Detroit area. And it is my only, it's my daily, it's the only vehicle uh, that uh, that's mine to drive. So I'm just going to keep jeeping like everybody else said. Uh, luckily, I only have a little bit less than 10-mile commute. And, that's nuts. Uh, with, with COVID, I haven't seen a client but two times in the last year. So I'm just driving oh, wow. to and from <laughs> and maybe stopping once a week. Not too shabby, not too shabby. I it did definitely something to be said for for working close to home. I, I yeah, took it for granted, you know, for so many years. Like, well, this is just how it's got to be. I've got to make this long commute, and I've got to spend so much money in gas, and and you know, um, and even even with how how long of a drive I had, and how much you know, uh, how much gas money I, I would spend driving the Jeep, at, even after I got the Honda. Uh, and I was driving that for for so many years. I still drove the Jeep, uh, you know, maybe once a week, a couple few times a month, because I couldn't give it up. I, I absolutely love <laughs> driving Jeeps, and and I was like, I know that you know this is going to be a forty dollar gas day, you know, but oh well, uh, you know, I I, I want to drive the Jeep. It's sunny out, you know. I just I, I got it. I had that itch. JG, I'm sure you're feeling that itch. You know, you got you drive a Jeep. Um, what are gas prices like in your area? Uh, what do you drive, and uh, if they keep keep going up, are you going to keep driving it? Uh, I'm going to keep driving it. I have a 99 TJ. Uh, it's about four bucks a gallon. Um, I do have a daily driver. It's a 14 Patriot. Uh, nobody messes with that. Nobody steals it. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking so ugly, and it's manual. So, um, but yeah, the the TJ is my favorite, and I'm not giving that up. No, Just, no, who would? Yeah, I got a I got a new four liter in it uh, built uh, oh, about two years ago, and so it's it's got a lot of life left. Are you like me? Do you drive the Jeep into work every so often? Um, I'm a permanent telecommuter now due to COVID. Um, I go into the office every once in a while for just whatever odd thing that it comes up, and I will take the Jeep to do that. Yeah. Nice, nice. See, that's, that's what I'm saying. We, we we love our Jeeps. We love driving them. We're not going to give them up. You know, I mean, even with the gas prices and stuff, I mean, I at one point, God, what was that? It was around uh, 2010, 2012. Gas prices were just skyrocketing uh, in excess of $4 a gallon here. I ended up getting a motorcycle <laughs> because it yeah. was so, I was like, dude, I can't do this. <laughs> I got a, I had a motorbike for, for a while. I was even commuting uh, to work with that thing for, for uh, geez, almost a full year uh, before uh, gas prices finally started coming back down. But uh, Tony, uh, now you've got it. You're an all Jeep family, but uh, for a while there, uh, there was a Honda in the mix. I know you weren't driving that to work, but you know, with gas prices uh, in, in Texas, uh, I don't think they ever really get super high, do they? 
Well, I mean, it's all relative. If you're used to the the gas prices being, you know, two something and it goes to three or over three, then yeah, it's it is high from what you're used to. Um, the the thing that gets me is is that I've made the comparison that having a Jeep, especially a modified Jeep with a winch and everything else, is like yeah. having superpowers. So not driving your Jeep to to work or not driving your Jeep on a, in favor of a commuter vehicle is like Superman leaving his superpowers at home. You de- you never know whenever there's going to be something that you're going to need that Jeep for. And you don't want to be in the situation where you're in your commuter going, damn it, man, I should have brought my Jeep today. So, yeah, I mean, I may drive less. You've never, you've never been at work when it started snowing. <laughs> I have been at work when it flooded and had to go, you know, go through two feet of water to get to the highway. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so yeah. those things do happen uh, whenever, uh, uh, no matter what part of the country you're in. And, and you never know when disaster is going to strike. It, it could be a man-made disaster, and you may need uh, the ability to, to get out of things that an automatic, uh, that a, a small vehicle is not going to allow you to do. Yeah, I couldn't get out of work too many times because they knew I had a Jeep that was all built and lifted and burly and everything. And they're like, uh, no, you can't call in. We, we need you here and you can get here. We know that you can. So that's, get your ass here. That's what bragging gets you. That's <laughs> why yeah, yeah. So you don't drive the Jeep to work. <laughs> well, that's the campfire side chat. Uh, if you want to join in on this, we highly encourage you to. It's a lot of fun. We pick different topics each and every week. Uh, sometimes we go a little bit long. Sometimes we go short. Uh, but each time it's a lot of fun and, and there's always some pe- different people around the campfire. Uh, I can't thank you guys enough. Can't thank Tony enough uh, for chiming in on this week's campfire side chat. Uh, all of our listeners and all of our new listeners as well. If you'd like to go ahead and join the campfire side chat and you're wondering how to do it. Well, it's very easy. A uh, number of different ways. You can follow us on Facebook or uh, receive notifications via our newsletter even. And uh, signing up for our newsletter is very easy. Just go to the link that we've been talking about this whole show jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. You're going to find a link to click and sign up. You're going to find all kinds of stuff there, but it's just as easy to unsubscribe as it is to subscribe. We don't sell your information. We literally only send you one email a week and sometimes not even that. But uh, yeah, it's it's we're not going to spam you or even sell your information, so nothing to worry about there. Well, that's it for the show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until next week, be sure that you subscribe to the show so you never miss the latest content. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Warning. This podcaster was supposed to say something here and have something written to the show notes, but was entirely unprepared. Podcasting since 2010. Well, the show's over, and, uh, well, I guess you're still here. Now, I'm going to do a little something here for you, a little bonus, um, if you will. You may have heard us talking about uh, you can download the Jeep Talk Show app and get the bonus segment. You can listen to the bonus segment, and that's the after-the-show comments with the Zoom people. And Josh, Wendy, myself, we get on there and, and, and chat about various things. I'm going to include that in this episode so you don't actually have to have the uh, the Jeep Talk Show app on your uh, phone. Uh, and it's a teaser. It, it, if it's something that you like listening to, uh, you need a little bit more show, maybe a, a little less format. Uh, this is a great conversation that happens uh, after every every episode, and uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. So remember, 
this isn't always going to be here at the end of the episode. If, so if you want to hear it, you're going to need to download the Jeep Talk Show app. It's free. Uh, it's on Android and uh, iOS, which is uh, Apple for you uh, people that don't know what iOS is. <laughs> Enjoy. So we're going to wrap up our Facebook Live. Thank you for joining us uh, here on Facebook Live. We've had uh, anywhere from, uh, I guess, six concurrent people to, to, to two concurrent people. Wait, they got the whole show? They were only supposed to get like five minutes of it or something. Yeah, I've been, I've been uh, leaving the whole show in there here for the last uh, couple of episodes. So, uh, you know, you never can tell uh, when that, uh, that might go away. But uh, anyway, thanks for joining us tonight. And uh, I, I just want to mention real quick, we had a comment uh, from uh, Dustin. He said, save the money. Don't buy DOM tubing of your fabricated, uh, of your fabricating bumpers uh, and sliders, etc. DOM is the strongest, most reliable option that really is only necessary for safety roll cages. I don't know. Sounds like it'd be good stuff for sliders. Yeah. <laughs> I guess maybe it's just really heavy, which I don't mind. Uh, but kind of dovetails into the uh, the, the cost of uh, fuel. And also, too, uh, Dustin mentioned, uh, this is back whenever you were reading about the uh, 4XE. Uh, do electric Jeeps need regearing for bigger tires and lockers? Uh, maybe the electric motors would make lockers obsolete. Interesting. I that's a good question. I would uh, have to assume that the drivetrain is set up more like a conventional drivetrain in the sense that have you know, to you a transfer case, um, you know that sort of stuff. But you know that being said, I, I understand where that question came from, and uh, with a a concept of having you know an electric motor at each wheel, essentially. And, and there is no transmission, there is no uh, transfer case, drivetrain, anything like that. The, the wheels themselves, more or less, are the motors, are the drivetrain, uh, and everything is controlled via a speed controller, more or less. And so you've got all of that torque, all of that power on demand instantaneously, and as much or as little speed as you want. Um, but that's, that's not really how most electric cars are, are set up for. Um, but that's not to say they can't be. No, I think once we get the, the good power supply that you may see, you know, the motors on each wheel, uh, then oh, there's just all kinds of stuff, all kinds of trouble you get in whenever that happens. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. But uh, I think running multiple motors off the power supplies, the battery packs that we have right now would probably uh, suck it down even faster, um, mm. ex especially when you're doing different things to different wheels. But well, you could put the sensors on there and see what's going on on the wheels and apply. Now you're not braking to, to, to get, uh, you know, to get the locking, I mean, to get the, the, uh, the traction. You're actually applying traction to the one that needs it because you, yeah. you can watch it. The computer can watch that. So, yeah, pretty soon we'll just, uh, uh, we'll just be sitting there taking a nap while uh, it's going off road. While the AI wheels for us. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> All righty. Well, we got the Zoom people back in here. Zoom people, thanks for uh, joining us this week. Uh, you know, I was surprised. I didn't see Chris up on the panel, but we had so many people uh, around the virtual campfire uh, tonight that uh, it, it only shows uh, nine images, and uh, I didn't see Chris up there. I had to look at the uh, – I said – I thought to myself, Chris is not here? He didn't He didn't oh. uh, say that he wasn't here. Oh, and by the way, Christopher, uh, you were not here last week. Where's your, uh, your doctor's note? Uh, that's a requirement for uh, – you know, when you when you come back, it's uh, uh, for continued employment. You know, we have to have that doctor's uh, note. Chris is looking uh, looking around for for some paper that he can 
say is oh, a doctor's note. No, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it was fun, whatever it was you were doing, Christopher. I'm just grabbing some uh, links for our show notes, get those updated. Considering I dropped the ball at the bottom of the show notes here. Oh, I thought it was fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I, yeah, well, you know, I can, can uh, freeform with the best of them. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to the uh, the gas prices going up, and uh, um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just can't imagine the American public, um, no matter what they wanted politically to happen, is going to be happy with having to pay a lot of uh, a lot of money for for fuel. Um, yeah, maybe maybe they'll maybe it'll be worse if we start going back to the office more. Uh, but I wonder if that's actually going to happen because of uh, of COVID. You know, I was I was hearing something uh, um, earlier. Was it this week or last week um, about you know? Well, as you know, we get herd immunity as more and more people get vaccinated. As you know, quote unquote normalcy returns. Will people re- be returning to the workplace, to the office, to right. you know, as they were before? And, uh, you know, there was, there's been a lot of talk about, well, you know, it, it shows uh, that people working from home are relatively efficient and are staying on task for the most part uh, and are, you know, able to do their jobs and a variety of them from home just fine. Um, you know, so what is this going to do to business as business is done? Uh, and, and stuff. And I've already, you know, experienced this uh, just recently, uh, you know, calling cu- customer service and hearing somebody clearly in their living room. Yeah. And, and it's like. <laughs> Dogs barking, okay, kids crying. You know, in yeah, Chicago, so you, uh, gunshots in the background. Even my last job, I was I was telecommuting, you know, two or three days a week. And, and that, that was great. Uh, you know, I didn't have to, you know, drive uh, 40 miles one way, uh, you know, d- to get there. And, and so that that was awesome. Uh, and so they're talking about the viability of, of you know, long-term people working from home. Obviously, here we just heard, uh, you know, people here uh, on the Campfire Side Chat still working from home. Um, and doesn't sound like that probably is going to change anytime soon. So, you know, I, I, hey, that's that's just fine for a lot of us because that means more money in the Jeep fund, that means you know, more money saved, uh, you know, more more time at home. And who doesn't like that? So, yeah, it, it, I don't know. I see it as a positive for everybody, for a lot of people, uh, including a lot of businesses, you know, because now the structure of More business stimulus change. Nods. Well, there yeah. you go. <laughs> well, you know, now business owners don't necessarily have to have a big brick and mortar. You know, they don't have to have a big office. They could have a smaller office because half the staff is working from home or working in their I home office. I Honda CRX Sh- for a while. Like shared offices, too. Oh, Honda CRX. Holy shit. There's a oh, blast. You can hear us now. Oh, you can hear us now. We're in. <laughs> We've been talking and you just, oh, okay. you just keep on talking. Yeah, I knew you. Yeah, I had a CRX. I muted you guys. I didn't get but to mention I... that in the show because I was caught off guard by Josh saying my name because I guess that was Tony's get back for me not being home or here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I, uh, well, I was caught off guard. I wasn't even ready to be first. <laughs> I, I, I unmuted you guys, but then whenever I noticed, I thought maybe you just weren't talkative, and I looked down and I had unmuted the wrong line. So that's the oh, reason oh, why, okay. why, oh, we, okay. why, why we couldn't hear you. It was uh, so, so it was Josh's fault. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a CRX and I drove it for about a year and a half. And yeah, that was I really, really nice to have because I have that, well, 
that was a gas hog for sure or a diesel hog and diesel is more expensive yeah especially uh, around up here i think it's about a good 80 cents to a dollar more a gallon almost uh, uh you know I, I hear that there, you know, the, you can get the the biodiesel stuff, but that, that's really bad. I mean, depending on the engine, if you can even run it, but it's also really bad for your injectors. So leaves a bad yeah, taste. Sure, like tractors and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. Makes the French fries uh, more crunchy though. <laughs> <laughs> driving Tony, you driving down the freeway and smelling French fries, and never getting used to that. Oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> Tony, have you seen the Lordstown Motors truck? It has uh, four ring motors. It's a GM base gm truck with four ring motors uh, for electric uh, propulsion no i have not seen that yeah they're uh, building it in lordstown ohio where they used to make the cruise gm uh, gave uh, gave them but helped them with the plant it looks like a space age uh, gm truck full size and it's got four ring motors in it now they say they're going to production the next year uh, but their go-to-market strategy is fleets and business they're not going to currently go to and use consumers such as us but if you have a business a fleet they're going that avenue first so interesting so chris i gotta mention i, th I think you have an unhealthy um uh, aspect of your life because you had sent me some uh pictures about a uh, ford bronco the new ford bronco and uh now you're telling me about gm vehicles and then none of these things are jeeps and i just want to as a friend i just want to reach out to you it's a jeep podcast <laughs> Well, beyond that, it's just, uh, you know, it's just, you shouldn't be looking around. You know, the, the wife uh, slash Jeep is going to get upset with you because you're uh, Very true. having Very a roving true. eye. You, you better not listen truck. to any of the group meet because that's basically what we talked about for about 40 minutes was the, was the, was the Bronco. Bronco. <laughs> yeah, I saw one of those for the first time the other day and, and I wasn't impressed. Uh, it's just, you know, it, it's, that's, I mean, if it's a Ford and it's a truck, I'm interested. If it's a Bronco, I don't care. I got a Jeep. So, uh, I'm not interested in, in, you know, jumping ship. I mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you guys, uh, enjoying and looking and talking. It's just for me, I don't care. No, I, I get it. I, like I said, I, I, I couldn't, I, I guess I couldn't hate it. Um, Oh, I don't want to hate it. I mean, it's just another vehicle. Like I, like yeah, I told you, it's like you know a Subaru or uh, any of the other vehicles that are out there that I'm not interested in mm -hmm. owning. We can look at the girls. <laughs> I'm still looking at this weird electric truck. It's it's very very odd lines to me. I, I mean, it, it very much is a GM truck, but it just I don't know. There's something wrong about it. It almost looks like a what was it a Rav? Oh yeah, Toyota Rav. No, there's. Uh, well, what's the one? Just all, all they built was electric trucks. Maybe it isn't Rav. It's uh, Rivian. Rivian. Oh, Rivian. Rivian. There we go. Rivian. Yeah, Rivian. yeah that's a R I V I A N. Yeah. Somebody was. You know, you're talking about. I don't hate it. There's a lot of people out there that hate the uh, the the Tesla truck. And uh, I can't remember who it was. I was chatting with somebody, somebody about that the other day. It might have been you, Chris. And I think my comment was, as soon as you see one of those things, as soon as the public sees one of those things cruising around on Mars, everybody and their mama is going to want to buy one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just don't throw a steel bearing at it. <laughs> you know, uh, well, Musk was talking about going with uh, transparent aluminum for the uh, windows on the, uh, the, the, the Starship. <laughs> 
Slow down there, Star Trek. I know. <laughs> Nerd alert. <laughs> yeah, they were saying that the, the window uh, did shatter because of uh, it was half uh, op- uh, flatly down. Oh. But if it would have been completely up, it probably would have held better. Yeah, it made for a more interesting uh, presentation. That's the and, story. We're sticking to it. Mm-hmm. And didn't they beat that same window like a half dozen times already? In examples and yeah. Uh, demonstrations. Yeah. yeah, with liquid soap. Well, I'm sure someone <laughs> got beat after that. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> probably so. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if they still do it this way, but they used to test uh, air, air, airline uh, airplane uh, windshields by uh, by by oh, using the, a cannon the and, and shooting Chicken frozen turkeys. Ducks. Yeah, ducks and turkeys and stuff. <laughs> I was a part of one of those. Those are pretty awesome. They take a fuselage and they flip it upside down and they test on the integrity of uh, the radio, radio night vision and all the stuff that's in the nose of the aircraft. These are smaller jets, but they put the thing upside down and they shoot a frozen or a thawed out turkey through a cannon. And yeah, that is crazy. Uh, you can find You're videos testing. of the stuff on YouTube. It's, it's, it's very entertaining. Yeah, but when it's live action in front of you, that is oh, hilarious. Oh, I bet. Oh, I bet. <laughs> do they do they do they at least drain the fluids and the blood from the carcass or the the raw it's, deal? It's so they just thaw it out and then let it hang, let all the fluids come out of it, and then they stick it in and they throw it. Well, I mean, uh, the the <laughs> the liquids aren't going like to come out of the there. duck until it hits the airplane in real life. So, <laughs> well, I mean, come on, yeah. if we're you know it, uh, testing you know against you know bird strikes, make this they, they realistic. Do, they do the same thing chickens. with the engines too when they're running. Oh, I bet they do. Yeah, they do chickens. They do. Uh, they move up to ducks, and then they'll move up to like turkeys. And if they can withstand well, a turkey, then can a turkey fly that high though? Why does my mind go to WKRP? <laughs> I think that's a yeah. Exactly. I think that's a I think that's a big bird. I think if, if they use turkeys, that would be wise because it's a really large bird. So that would be yeah, a big Canadian task. geese will fly that high. Yeah, oh, Canadian geese are thousand, thousand, but and I think the Canadian geese are actually frozen at that height. <laughs> as long as the wings are out, they're okay, right? That's right. <laughs> well, nice I've seen airplanes pull up to the gate. With the engine shut down and nothing but blood and feathers and guts coming out all over it. Oh, wow. That's what happens whenever you uh, stand up before the uh, jet is uh, at the taxiway and they turn the light on. I remember seeing like a a video out of the 90s or something, and it was like, you know, on an aircraft carrier, and the guy gets like sucked into it. Like an eight, well, like an intruder engine or something like that. And he goes out the other end. And it's just like, I expected this guy to be atomized, uh, but no, he made it through. I mean, he had some pretty bad injuries, but I, but it didn't chop him into pieces. Uh, so I was, I was rather impressed. Uh, the helmet that those guys wear is to tear up the blades in the, in the engine so that they don't die. And that guy actually lives. Yes. There was a, yeah. a big thing on it. I don't know if you saw that, but. Yeah, so he the, lived. the helmet saved him? The helmet stopped the engine? The helmet tore up the blade so that he would go through it. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's what those helmets are made for. That's why they're so big. Not for earmuffs. The <laughs> 737, the Boeing 737, 
worldwide in just two people annually. Two, two <laughs> really? rounds through. Well, nah, I guess going into I guess the verb the used to ingest. I guess <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, I like, thought there was like I thought there wasn't any virgin sacrifices anymore. Apparently, to keep these things flying, <laughs> we still have to give sacrifices. <laughs> <laughs> and it's because people don't pay attention to the red line that says "Do not walk in front of when running." That's right. I'm flying. Oh wait a minute! This it's is a bad big, thing. Bold letters on the side of the aircraft. <laughs> Well, does, it, cre- a, does he, it create enough vacuum to pull someone through it? Yes, oh, it yeah. will pull somebody two feet behind feet the engine in into it, the engine. It will suck it in, yeah. and if you walk 40 feet behind it, you will eat concrete. Yeah, yeah. that too. The, uh, there, there's people that walk into props all the time, you know, on, on small planes. So it's been happening for a long time. You don't see the prop while it's, uh, while it's spinning. And, I haven't seen that uh, in the gym. I have a story like that. Yeah, it's I had a coworker horrible. almost shove me into the prop on an airplane one day while at work. So then you I married her? You're going to piss him off. <laughs> well, that happened more than once, but pissing him off was one of my specialties. But no, he thought I was, <laughs> I pulled the plug on an airplane, turned around, and he thought I was going to step backwards, reached out and grabbed the front of my jacket. And when he did, I'm significantly larger than he is. And the force pushed me backwards towards the prop. We almost both went in. Dang. It was inches from eating it. If it hadn't been feathered, it would have, the force would have pulled us in. So should you be talking about this? Because the the police are probably still looking for his body, right? (laughs) (laughs) We had beers a couple of weeks ago. I think we're all right. Oh, jeez. Head on. That's that's some stupidity there. That's a story though. Jeez. Hey, remember that time you almost killed me? Yeah, you're <laughs> oh, buying this good round times. Here, pal. Good times. <laughs> had our brown pants out at the FedEx on the ground crew, and I used to drive the tugs around and bring those cans up to the planes oh, yeah. that uh, would uh, you know then put them on the rotor to load them inside the belly of the planes. And uh, we saw one night we saw a. Uh, you're never supposed to drive behind a, uh, a jet engine when it's when it's on. You're supposed to be like, you know, 300 feet. You, you can't even go 300 feet behind it because it'll still blow you over. Well, a tug one time didn't see the red lights on the plane, and he drove past it, and it, and it blew the tug over. Those tugs weigh about 10,000 pounds. I was going to say, those things have got to be pretty heavy, uh, just the way they're kind of configured and built. I, I've, I've always imagined imagined them to be quite heavy. Uh, but, and it, that makes sense, maybe even more so to be just because you're around jet wash and stuff. So they, they make them a little heavier, but, uh, but wow. Yeah, that would be, that's some, that's some thrust. That's what yeah, we said. did some jet runs one time on a UPS plane out here at the Tulsa International. And the, the, the cone that goes for the rear tail on a 757 for that aircraft. Uh, just to show you that there's a cone and that's where the end of the tail is. Uh, mm-hmm. You can take, just on a run-up, you can run the engine really quick and it'll knock that cone over. And that cone's only probably a foot tall. Huh. That's how much thrust it has on the engine, on on just that low to the ground. So if something's even bigger, I mean... They they tell trucks, uh, American Airlines drives through there like crazy all the time, and they have actual 2,500 pickup trucks or vans or whatnot, and 
we have to stop them at the time uh, just so that they won't fly, like, fly over or whatnot. Jeez. So switching subjects real quick, uh, Josh, you'll need to look at the show notes so you can see this. It's uh, uh, just above the title uh, in the show oh, notes. Oh, yeah, I saw. Where did I see that? I saw somebody posted that. Was it somebody? Was it on our Adam Lang uh, posted that in uh, the Rat Bastard uh, group. Tastes like son of a bitch. <laughs> Rat Bastard root beer. Tastes like a son of a bitch. I mean, these people have the same marketing idea that we do. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Somebody's going to have to send me a bottle of this. <laughs> Yeah, you can get that at the, there's a place called Pops in Tulsa. I was, I was just about Route, to say. Yeah, it's on um, Route 66. It's just east, it's just west of, uh, oh, the town called uh, well, it, Stroud, I think it is. And yeah, you get there right, right on Route 66. They got hundreds of different uh, homemade soda pops that you can go in there and drink and have a, have a burger and ice cream or whatnot. And it's really pretty, pretty, cool, a pretty cool little place to go into. And they've got all kinds of stuff. So I, I can, are, uh, I can buy like that. Three three twenty five a bottle. Uh, so oh, I, so I figure we're gonna we're gonna be sued from these people. So oh, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Our, our Jeep group here is about to do a run from Tulsa to uh, Pops, and if I find one, I will definitely get it for you. Tony. Oh, well, thank you, thank you. Well, when, you guys, when you guys well, going? When's that? When's that run going to be, Christopher? Uh, let me look real quick. And what's the Jeep group? What what Jeep group is it? Nine one eight off road. But yeah, we we're they've planned it out, and it's supposed to be here pretty soon. All right. Well, uh, Josh officially turned into a pumpkin two minutes ago, so we're going to wrap this yeah. thing up and uh, say uh, he's goodnight. three hours behind everybody. How I know. I know. Work? I'm not telling you anything that makes sense. I'm just Maybe. telling you how it is. I know. I got to. I got to get up for work with only about three hours of sleep. So yeah. All right. Love you guys. Hey, Josh, I'll see you next you, week. Before you go. Right. Hey. Oh yeah. Real quick. What do you got, you in, Josh? Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to tell you that about the four hundred dollars. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much spending that much uh, every month on my Jeep because I have Good. to drive 40 miles one way just to go to work. So take that stimulus check, take the take the tax returns, go buy a POS little little you know commuter. It'll pay for itself in the first year, and after that, it'll be all gravy. You'll have 400 bucks a month more, or a, at yeah, least a well, couple I, bucks more in your pocket. Yeah, well, I was gonna buy a motorcycle, but instead I used that money to buy a. Uh, uh, lockers and uh, 513 gears. Oh, I like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like <laughs> Priorities. that. Priorities. Priorities. I love it. Uh, good times. Good times. Right. Good job, Mike. Good job. <laughs> All right. You guys have a great night. We'll uh, see you next week, hopefully. Bye-bye. All right. Have a good night.